Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. Colossians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Colossae. And he says this, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. I really love this one verse. I don't mean to stop so quickly, but this first verse I really love. And he starts off with an interesting concept that a lot of people have a hard time getting their minds around, but let me show you what it means. If then you were raised with Christ, what does that mean? You were raised with Christ. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Well, of course, Jesus was raised from the dead. That's one thing. And if you're born again, you were also raised from the dead. So you were raised with Christ. You identify with him being raised from the dead because you were raised from spiritual death. But Jesus was also not only, he was not only raised from the dead, but he was also raised up, like it says in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that though being in the form of God, He humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him, raised him, and seated him at the right hand of the throne of God, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, every name of his name, and so on. Well, notice this. It says, if you were raised with Christ, uh, then seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Okay, now... Uh, I quoted to you from Philippians 2, but in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says that God raised Jesus up and seated him far above all principality, powers, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, and so on. So listen to this. When Jesus was raised up and seated at the right hand of Father God, because you're born again, if you are born again, you're in Christ. So yes, you may be right here on the earth physically, but spiritually you're seated in Christ right at the right hand of Father God. See, and so uh, it says, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. In other words, if you spiritually, if your status spiritually is seated on the throne in Jesus, You have a very high status in the kingdom of God. You have been honored. Oh, this is is the, the magnitude of salvation, that we have this grace from God that we are so undeserving of. And yet Jesus, by his love and his grace, he has bestowed this upon us to where we can freely be forgiven, freely be born again, freely be raised up and seated in our status at the right hand of the majesty of the holy creator God. Oh, you have status. You didn't earn it, but Jesus gave it to you. And so Paul is saying here, if that really is your new status, if you really were raised up with Jesus, and if you really are seated at the right hand of the throne of God with him, then set your mind on things above where Christ is, where he's seated next to the Father. Why? Because You should stop talking and thinking as if you're just a low life here on earth like every other human being. You are not. 
You have been elevated. You have been exalted by the grace of God to, to have this new status. He said, think like that. Set your mind up there on the things that are above the realities of the salvation of the Lord. See, when you set your mind there and you begin to think, wow, I have access through the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus to God Almighty and his power. See, when you begin to think about that, oh, it makes you want to pray. It makes you want to take authority in Jesus' name. It makes you want to see the kingdom of God advance. And Paul is saying that. He's saying, if that's the reality, and by the way, it is, if you're born again. If that's the reality, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And then verse 2, set your mind. Set your mind. It's like you just take something, like I've got a water bottle right here, and I just set that water bottle there. He says, set your mind on things above. So you can take your thoughts and just set them on things above and think about that. Think about these truths from the word of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Things on the earth will discourage you, but things above will encourage you. They'll give you boldness and confidence to know, hey, I don't have to leave things on earth like they are. I am a child of the Most High God. I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I've got authority in his name. My Father answers my prayers when I pray in the name of Jesus, according to his will, of course. And so set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, now listen to this, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. For you died. Now, what does that mean, for you died? Well, he's saying that there's this, identification uh, concept that God brings to us in the New Testament. And it's this, that if Jesus really did die for your sins, and if you really are receiving that death as the payment for your sins, then God is counting the death of Jesus as your death. In other words, God is, uh, God is counting or crediting to you that you have died for your sins. And so, you need to see it like that, that your sins had to be paid for by death, your death, really. But Jesus, an innocent man, paid for your sins. And therefore, God in his mind, he sees it as you've already paid for your sins. You don't owe heaven anymore for your sins because you've already died. But we often don't see it like that, but we should see it like that. So that old person that was a sinner if you're born again, and if you're really forgiven, then that old person died on the cross with Christ. So it says here, for you died and your life is hidden with, hidden with Christ in God. Verse four, when Christ who is our life appears. Don't you love that phrase? When Christ who is our life. Oh, precious phrase. When Christ who is our life. Oh, he's our life now. Oh, and what a great life. He is. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so when Christ, who is our life, appears, and he is coming back, he came a first time, he's coming back a second time. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. What does that mean? That means that whether you have died already and gone to heaven and you'll come back with him, or whether you're still on earth and you'll be caught up in the air with him 
and then return in the second coming with him, then he said, you also will appear with him in glory. In glory is talking about the fact that you won't have this mortal subject to death or this uh, corruptible, aging, decaying, subject to sickness and such body anymore. Your body will be changed, whether you your body has already been buried in the ground uh, and you've gone to heaven, or whether you're still alive on earth when this happens, your body will be changed. And so you'll come and have a body like Jesus has right now. He has a resurrected body. He, he wasn't only raised from the dead like Lazarus was raised from the dead. He was resurrected. He got a glorious body, a body that doesn't age, doesn't decay, a body that can be on earth, can be in heaven. It, it was a whole new body. See, and so we're going to get a body like that. So he said, when Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You'll have a new level of glory as well. Verse 7, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So he's saying, put to death your members. Now, members often refers to, you know, the parts of your body, you know, your your head, your hands, your arms, your feet, your legs, and such. Uh, those are members. Your nose, your ears, your eyes, those are all members of your body. And nonetheless, he's not saying to literally, you know, kill your arm or cut it off or pluck your eye out, literally. But he's saying, put it to death. And he, he mentions these sins like fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, and things. He, he's not saying literally kill any part of your body. What he is saying is you need to, just like you identify with having died with Christ on the cross, you need to now identify that because you died, then you have no members of your body that are available to sin. Why? They all died to sin. They only live now to please God. They only live now to obey God. And so he says here, that therefore, verse 5, put to death your members. And he's talking about identification now. He's talking about, think of it this way. Consider it this way. I have, I, it's like you just let your arms hang down. I have no arms to sin. I have no hands to sin. I have no feet to sin. I have no mind to sin. Why? That old person that's, that can sin, that did sin, that person died on the cross with Jesus. This is the new person that's been raised up. And this new person only has members and faculties to do righteousness with obedience to God. And so uh, our, it says, put to death the, the members which are on the earth, and it lists the various sins. Verse 6, because of these things, uh, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. So because of fornication, because of uncleanness, because of passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry and such, because of those things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Now, see, a lot of people don't realize that there is a wrath of God coming on the earth, but there is. There is. Jesus is the answer to avoid the wrath of God, that you become born again. And you, be, you begin by the grace of God to walk in God's favor. See, but the sons of disobedience, the ones who are not listening, they're not doing it. Well, they're subject to the wrath of God. 
because the wrath of God will come. If you don't let Jesus' death on the cross be your death and walk out a new life by the grace of God, then you still deserve to die for your sins. And the wrath of God against the sin, against the rebellion of this world is coming. Thank God we can avoid it through Jesus Christ and his death. But those people that didn't identify and receive his death and follow him in obedience, well, those people, they, they chose, uh, maybe inadvertently, they've chosen not to receive the grace of God, and therefore the wrath of God is coming on them. That's a horrible thing. This is why we need to go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So it says, the, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves, you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. He's saying, all of you Colossians, you used to walk like that before you were born again. So don't, don't think that you're better than everybody else. Now, no, you're where you are by the grace of God and you accepting that grace. Verse 8, but now you yourselves are put off. Uh, now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. See, see all those things that we know that's not right. That's not pleasing to God. That's not obedient to God. He said, put those things off. In other words, just like, just like you take something you don't want and you, you put it aside. He said, take those things out of your life and put them aside. Get rid of them. Why? Because that's not who you are anymore. You have to walk uh, as the born-again person that you are now. So you yourselves put off these things, and he lists the various things, beginning with anger and ending with filthy language out of your mouth. Then he goes on, verse 9, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man and his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. In other words, Jesus is the great equalizer. goes on in verse 12 to say, therefore, as the elect of God, and if you're born again, God knew you would be born again. You have been elected by God. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Oh, he's talking about how we treat each other. Don't treat each other harshly. No, put on tender mercies. Jesus was very tender with people. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has any complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And he's saying, don't hold any grudges, no matter what people have done to you, you have to forgive them. Verse 14, but above all these things, put on love. Don't you love that? Above everything, put on love. Put on love which is the bond of perfection. Love is the bond of perfection. You talk about super glue or crazy glue. He's saying, oh, no, there's something stronger than super glue and crazy glue. It is love, the bond of perfection. When you really genuinely love people, it will unite and bond your hearts together so that people can't separate you. 
So, and notice it doesn't say have love. It's talking about love, showing love, loving people. There's a difference between having love in your heart and loving somebody. See, loving somebody is acting on it instead of just having it. So it says, uh, let's see, uh, verse 14, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let us and let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I love this. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, there's some things you can't do in the name of Jesus. You'd feel way too guilty. Well, there, there you go. Don't do them, ever. Do all things that you do in the name of the Lord Jesus. And it goes on to say, wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. This is a repeat of what he said to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Sometimes you can get that bitterness in your heart, whether you're a husband or a wife. And he said, don't do that. Don't get it, get it out. Forgive. Let it go because it'll fester and destroy your marriage. So he says, uh, don't be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. It's well-pleasing for children to obey their parents. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. I love how the word of God is taken up for children. Don't provoke your children, fathers. Bond servants, obey in all things. You that are employees, you that are taking care of somebody, you've agreed to help somebody or whatever, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service. Don't just do good while they're looking, but do it all the time. Uh, be consistent, be honest. And it says, not, as, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. Do what you do as if you're doing it directly to God, even if you're working for a boss or a company. But work that job, work that project as if you're doing it for Jesus himself. This, why? Because this is the character of the kingdom. This is the way we work. This is the way we do it. We don't talk bad about the boss. We don't, we're not two faces. Uh -uh. We do it the way the kingdom of God does it honestly, forthrightly. And so he says, do it as, as unto the Lord, heartily as unto the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive a reward. Notice this, if you'll do it as unto the Lord, you'll receive a reward from the Lord. It won't just be the boss rewarding you, it'll be the Lord rewarding you. And so you'll receive a reward from the Lord. And it goes on to say, of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid. In other words, you'll get rewarded for the wrongdoing too. He who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there is no partiality. God, God will reward those doing wrong and God will reward those doing right. Our God is a good God. It may not happen immediately, but let me tell you, it will happen. God is faithful to make sure that it does. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. 
and thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. Jerry Dearman